0: Okay, so let's test this baby out. I've been recording like 60, 70 episodes of this podcast with no batteries in the mic. That's why the levels were so low. A friend of mine pointed that out and I decided to open the mic up to to check. I thought maybe I had to charge the battery or something. I opened it up. There were no batteries inside it. So I went out, I spent the day hunting for the right battery. I finally got it. Um, because it's you know Easter long weekend so not all the stores are open or some stores close early so I wasn't able to make it to a lot of those stores. I finally found a Walmart that's open at this hour. Picked myself um, three of those batteries up and now it should sound way louder. Okay, so let's start over. Welcome to the Roger Farm D Show. I'm sorry if you tuned in and was never able to hear what I was saying. This show is about me talking about things that occur in healthcare, uh, answering questions that patients ask me, health news, basically all things health and sometimes technology. And quite frankly, I don't know what business I have with technology if I did not know that I had to put batteries inside this mic. All kidding aside, thank you for choosing the only podcast on the internet made by cats for cats so without further ado let's start with our topic of the day jg which is the initials of the patient received a hickey from his girlfriend on a very intimate afternoon for those of you don't know what a hickey is it's basically someone it's basically the imprint that's left after someone sucks aggressively at another person's neck It's uh, otherwise known as a love bite. It's an expression of love, okay? So they were very passionate one afternoon, and the girlfriend decided to give this person, J.G., a hickey. All was well. The afternoon ended happily. But the dinner was not so pleasant, because in the middle of it, while this teenager, this boy, was having dinner with his family he suddenly collapsed. Of course, no one knew what was happening. Everyone was panicking. He had shown no signs of illness or weakness. He's a 17 year old boy. He's perfectly healthy. So they rushed him to the hospital and what doctors concluded was that the hickey had caused a blood clot in his neck, which traveled to his brain and caused a fatal stroke. By the way, this boy did not make it, he died. This is at least the second reported incident of a hickey causing a stroke. A hickey had caused a 44 year old New Zealand woman to have a non fatal stroke, according to a 2010 study published in the New Zealand uh, Medical Journal. Researchers at the time called the medical condition a rare phenomenon. And then soon after, this happened. This is, to my knowledge, the first fatal incident. But it goes to show, I mean, like, freak accidents do occur. So while we're on the topic of stroke, I thought I'd go over the signs of a stroke so we all know how to spot it if we or someone else uh, in our presence is experiencing one. First of all, stroke is a medical emergency. If you experience it, if you experience any of these signs, call 911 or whatever the emergency number is. Do not drive to the hospital because you will not be in the, the right frame of mind to drive, obviously. An ambulance will get you to the best hospital for stroke care. The acronym to remember the signs is by no means comprehensive, but it's general enough that we can reliably use it to spot a stroke. The acronym is FAST, F-A-S-T. F stands for face. Is it drooping? Uh, You'll start to see uh, patients experiencing stroke that one side of their face is just droopy, not responsive, while the other one is, you know, perfectly functional. It'll look like Two-Face if you watch Batman. Um, arms is a a for arms can you raise both same logic the side that is droopy that arm is generally not functional either so only the good arm will be able to be raised s stands for speech is it slurred or jumbled that speaks for itself so if, if you spot someone that might have a stroke just talk to them i think the way they talk is is good enough a lot of the times for you to assess their their mental capacity at that time uh, if they are slurring take them to the emerge immediately t stands for time time to call nine one one. now here i want to stress the importance of time if you suspect someone is having a stroke your window to call 911 is super small. You want to do it right away because any longer their brain could suffocate could depending on the type of stroke bleed out. Dealing with stroke is simply not something you want to take your time doing. So, enough of that emergency stuff. The best thing to do is to prevent yourself from getting a stroke in the first place. You know, proactive is always better than reactive. You know, by the time you got a stroke, no matter how fast you dial 911, there's a good chance that you will never fully recover. So the best way to deal with a stroke is to prevent it in the first place. And funny enough, we have more control than we think when it comes to stroke. Most diseases, you know, there might be a genetic component to it, and maybe there's one for stroke too, but what we can do to prevent it is plentiful. There is a total of six things that we have to pay attention to if we want to reduce our risk of getting a stroke, all of which is in our lifestyle. We have full control over these things. Number one being an unhealthy diet, look for that um, and look deeply into it because a lot of people think they're eating healthy, but when they break down their diet, uh, they realize that it's not as healthy as they think. There are a lot of hidden calories and a lot of hidden sugars and fats in all sorts of ingredients, so make sure you read those things carefully, consult a dietitian. and the great thing about the era we're living in is that Google exists. Go Google yourself uh, what a healthy diet looks like, and you will find that this alone will make a huge difference in not only... your your risk factor of getting a stroke but in all avenues of life you know losing weight if you have diabetes high blood pressure everything will be fixed or mostly fixed if you fix your diet number two is physical activity or inactivity rather if you are physically inactive you are at a higher risk of stroke so let's correct that by exercising so how much exercise is good exercise uh, generally speaking the amount of exercise that you need is the amount that you will be okay doing. If you are currently physically inactive, it's simply unrealistic to go from zero to 100. It's unrealistic to expect you to go seven days a week, an hour a day, and it's it's even if you do, I guarantee you within a month or two months max, you will give up and go back to your current state. What you want to do is ease into it. Whatever you're comfortable with, do that first until you start seeing some results. Whatever results mean to you. Maybe it's a couple pounds that's lost. If you see a couple pounds, quite frankly, it's very encouraging for you to just ramp it up a little more. And maybe you'll lose a couple more pounds. Or, um, you know, your, your abs are suddenly showing, you know. Suddenly you want to hit the gym even more. So start low and go slow would be my recommendation for the amount of physical activity because this is a long game. You want to do this forever because your risk of stroke does not decrease if you just hit the gym for one summer and stop after that, right? Yeah, This is a lifelong commitment. Make sure you're able to commit to whatever um, exercise regimen you're doing for life, okay? Start low, go slow. Number three, generally an unhealthy weight. Okay. For your height, there is a recommended weight. It's usually a range. As long as you fall within that range, you're good. And that range is pretty forgiving. So you don't you don't have to kill yourself over, you know, losing like a ton of weight. Make sure you land within that range though. Because if you are morbidly obese, you bet you're at a higher risk of stroke smoking. Obviously, if you smoke, I mean, it's all over the boxes already. You should know this if you're a smoker. It puts you at an increased risk of stroke. Don't smoke. What number are we at? One, two, three, four, five. Number five is stress. Reduce stress if you are living a stressful lifestyle. You can do that by meditation. You can do that by just removing yourself from whatever stressful situation you're in. Sometimes you can't avoid it. If it's a family ordeal, if it's a if it's some relationship thing, if someone's very sick in your family, if you're very sick, then your body's in a lot of stress. You can't avoid it. But mentally, you can try to reduce that stress with certain tactics, making sure you're sleeping well. Doing all the subsequent four things will help reduce stress as well, like, like physical activity and, and having a good diet. Uh, meditation, like I said before. And finally, number six. A lot of you younger listeners are guilty of this. Excessive alcohol slash drug abuse, or any drug abuse rather, not excessive, but excessive alcohol or and any drug abuse will put you at risk of strokes. So there you go. I hope you learned how to spot a stroke and how to prevent a stroke. I hope you found the story at the beginning entertaining. Uh, Be careful giving or receiving hickeys, please. And that's it. Uh, Live responsibly. Oh yeah, and don't forget to check out rogerfarmd.com to get to know me, to suggest future topics for the show, and to join our community. And have a great day.